Turn with me, please, to the book of Psalms, Psalm 34. Towards the end of the um, week of increase meeting there in Branson, the Lord ministered to us about his goodness. And uh, as I prayed and and checked my heart, sought the Lord about the next parts of where we go from here, I was impressed that we were, that was not a completion, that was an introduction. (laughs) And we've ministered on these things some before, as you might imagine. I mean, have you ever heard the phrase, God is good? (laughs) Uh, All over the place, I'm saying. And uh, it's something we're familiar with, and yet I think we know a lot less about it than we think we do. What does that mean? God is good. What is good? And how is that supposed to impact and affect our lives? Even though people say God is good, you'll find that many, many church-going Christians believe that God is also bad. He does good and bad. And we camped on that last week, last Sunday, I believe it was, and and looked into some detail about that, dealt with some scriptures and ideas that people stumble over. And so if you weren't with us, please uh, go online, get the download the message and get caught up with us. But let's look in Psalm 34 and go further into this. Let's pray, come into agreement before we do. Certainly you're believing with me for utterance and anointing. But you're believing for yourself and also believe for the people around about you to hear from him. Can we hear from him right now? We can. Is it his will to speak to us? It is. And so we need to distinguish, though, when we're hearing from him. You know, a lot of folks just do not discern God when they see him, when they hear him. They don't discern that it's him. Did you know the uh, religious leaders... And many people in Jesus' day, they are looking at at God, they are hearing God, they are seeing God, and they hated it. Talking about Jesus. They hated him, and yet they're thinking, no, we represent God. And they're they're hearing God and hating it. (laughs) And Jesus said, he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I'm only saying what I hear him say. I'm only doing what I see him do. And so how many would would agree and understand there are many people seeing God and they're not discerning it. They're hearing God and they're not discerning it. And they got some goofy ideas about who God is and what he is. And they're rejecting what's really God and holding on to their distorted notions of God. But by the mercy and goodness of the Lord, we don't have to do that. We've been praying and believing around here for some time now for the Lord to show us what's Him and what's not Him. What's really Him and His ways and His Word and what's just the ideas of men and religious notions and stuff that men have concocted and come up with. How many really want to know the difference? You really want to? I, I tell you this, you'll be surprised again and again. And it'll be things you thought about God. You'll find out, well, no, that's not him. That's not right. I know everybody might not have been with us, but if you're sincere, the Lord will answer this prayer and help you out. So say it out loud. Father God, God, I sincerely want to know. I I genuinely want to see see. what is you you and what is not you. What is is your word, your your will, your ways and what is just men religious ideas that never was you thank you for showing me the difference I ask for it in Jesus name amen hallelujah is that his will don't you think he wants us to know what's him and what's not him one of the biggest things that will help you is putting your nose in this book Is that right? Because this is him. He's speaking in Matthew. 
He's speaking in Genesis. Even though he's speaking through different men and women, it's him on every page. Is that right? It's him. And when you see him today and hear him today, he's going to sound just like this. Is that right? Just like this. And that's why everybody at Faith Life Church reads their chapter every day, Monday through Friday, even when the names are six syllables long. Huh? Is that right? <laughs> so how does it help me? Am I am a Peshadai prosciutto? How does how does that help me? It might help you speak in tongues. I don't know. <laughs> but if it's the word of God, it's anointed, and there's more there than you know. And it wouldn't be in there if there wasn't a reason for it. So just read it in faith. But how many are seeing good things when you read your chapter? Man, there's all kind of... One thing you can see is that God is not loose and lax like a lot of people think he is. Certain way he wants things done, is that right? Very specific, very orderly, and he, God's not in confusion, the New Testament says. He's not, in, he's not the author, he's not in it, but he is a God of order and things being right. Hallelujah. Well, in Psalm 34, Psalm 34, verse 1, it says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. How many think we should practice that? I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. If, if the conversation lulls and you don't know what to say next, it's always appropriate to say, praise the Lord. Thanks be to God. Glory to God. Bless the Lord. You do it all the time. Someone said, that's just a habit with you. Well, if you don't have that habit, it's better than the habit you have. <laughs> Keep reading. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. It's not good to boast about yourself or even your kids or grandkids. This is why not? Because they're your grandkids. And really, you're bragging on yourself when you're bragging on them because they're your babies and your kids. I'm better go over here on this side. <laughs> I'm just so proud of my kids. I know people think that's wonderful and good. It's not. You can be thankful for your kids. You can be pleased with them. But all pride is of the devil. <laughs> I know. Get the same response every time. <laughs> Search the scriptures. Find me one positive reference about pride. People say, well, all I got is my pride. <laughs> then you're in bad shape. <laughs> well, we're poor, but we're proud. God will deliver you from both conditions. <laughs> if, you, if you'll believe him. No, pride is evil. It's the nature of the devil himself. And God hates it. <laughs> you know our prayer we prayed about five minutes ago? What's God, what's not God? Being answered right now. It's the truth. Well, I always thought, well, I know that's why we prayed a minute ago. And now here we are. I just don't know if I agree with all that. Well, what is your belief based on? Well, I've got a right to my beliefs. No, you don't. If Jesus is your Lord... You're to believe what he tells you. Amen. Not just make up stuff. And if you don't have any verses, in order for something to be scriptural, you need scriptures for it. And in order for you to cling to your position that some pride is good, you need scripture for that. Where is it? Well, I'm going to find it. We'll do it. Go, for, go find it. 
But when you can't find it, will you be honest enough to repent before the Lord? And say, well, okay, Lord, I'm done with it then. Jesus said, come learn of me. Didn't he? I am meek and lowly of heart. Humility pleases the Lord. We're off to a rocking start here. Aren't we? <laughs> Look at the very next phrase. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Who's going to be the happy ones? The humble ones. A man's pride, a woman's pride, will bring him low. There's a lot of scriptures about pride in the Bible. None of them good. <laughs> All of it's about how bad it is and what it's going to do to you. My soul will make her boast in the Lord. It's not good to brag on yourself. It's not good to brag on yours. But it is perfectly good to brag on the Lord. Amen. You ought to be a big braggart. When it comes to the Lord, just brag and brag and brag on how big he is, what he is, what he can do, what he has done, what he's going to do. Just brag, brag, brag. Boast. Somebody say, I'm a big boaster for the Lord. And the humble shall hear you bragging on the Lord. Not you bragging on yourself. But boasting about him and be glad. Keep reading verse 3. Oh magnify the Lord with me. And let us exalt his name together. Keep going. I sought the Lord and he heard me. And delivered me from all my fears. Did you know you can be free from every phobia? Quit saying, I have a fear of this or a fear, fear of heights, fear of spiders. You can be delivered from every phobia. Yeah. And you need to be. It's bondage. He delivered me. So, come on, sit, sit out loud. He delivered me from all my fears. Keep reading. They looked to him and were lightened. Their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. What kind of troubles does a poor man have? Poor troubles. Is that right? Broke troubles. Will God deliver you from broke troubles? Troubles that are a result of being broke. Yes. Saved him out of all his troubles. Keep going. The angel of the Lord encamps round about them that fear him. And delivers them. Everywhere I go. Angels go with me. And encamp round about me. And deliver me. Need to say that over yourself. Verse 8. Oh. Taste. And see. That the Lord. Is. Good. Blessed is the man. That trusts in him. One translation says, find out for yourself how good the Lord is. Taste. What does taste mean? Well, he's not just talking about physical, but there is the ability to discern, to detect, and to discern, to distinguish, and to experience the goodness of the Lord right here now in the land of the living. Has anybody in here tasted of the goodness of the Lord? <laughs> Would you then take some more? Would you take some more? <laughs> Hallelujah. I know we, we grew up in the South. And we grew our own vegetables and lived on the farm. And I know it didn't sound good to some people, but some of our favorite eating was uh, purple hull peas. And we call them butter beans. You might call them lima beans. But has nothing to do with that stuff in a can that people buy. <laughs> you, you get them when they're about half mature and uh, hard to shell. And, and you make a fresh pan of cornbread and fresh tomatoes and cucumbers and some fresh iced tea. And that's how we grew up. Well, anyway, uh, Phyllis and I went to Ramah. And we're first year there. We didn't we didn't have any money. 
we're believing for every tank of gas, every pair of socks, every tuition, every uh, semester. Uh, we're, we're sometimes down to the wire day before, you know. And uh, so uh, our parents, we would go home once every many months, and uh, our parents would load us up with ice chests of uh, vegetables that we'd put in the freezer, you know, to help us get through till the next time we saw them. So we'd pack it nice and drive the all-day drive back to Oklahoma. And so anyway, some of our friends, we'd made friends of people from different parts of the country, and we invited them over for uh, dinner. Is that what we said? Dinner. And we invited some Canadians over for dinner. And down south, that's the noon meal. Used to be. And evening meal was supper. Well, they showed up at 5.30, 6 o'clock. <laughs> well, anyway, Phyllis made a nice southern meal with all these things. And some of our Canadian friends came. And uh, uh, she had it set up on the bar in our tiny little apartment on shoot 'em up alley. <laughs> down in the rough part of town and so they came by and these are Canadians you understand and they saw all these things that they hadn't they hadn't grown up and so they, they took a, just a little bit just a little bit of these peas and put them on the plate just a little bit of those uh, beans just a little bit a little bit and, and you could tell they're, they don't know about all this and so uh, but in about 15 minutes they came back and one of the ladies she said oh give me some more of those hawk-eyed peas <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, they scooped them on. They piled them on. <laughs> well, they're not hawkeye peas. But they tasted and found it to be good and wanted a whole lot more. Come on, can you see this? And how many know that's the way the Lord is? You taste him and find out not a bunch of men's religious junk, but what really is the Lord. You'll go, whoo, give me some more. Give me. Is that right? Come on, don't spare. Pile it on. Because he is good, good, he's only good, he's all good, nothing but good. Always has been, always will be, and good, hallelujah, there is no better than him. Somebody say, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Verse 10, he's, he's, he's actually still talking about the goodness of the Lord down through this uh, psalm. And when he says, uh, make your boast in the Lord, what are we boasting about? Well, you have to look at the rest of the passage, but you'll see he's actually doing it. He's boasting about how good the Lord is. So when we're boasting about the Lord, that's what we're boasting of, his goodness in our life. Oh, taste and see. Verse 10, the young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good. Now, thing is added by the translators. So, they that seek the Lord shall not want any good. <laughs> Why? Because he's good. Taste and see and you'll find out. He Find out for yourself. People that don't think the Lord is good are people that have no experience with him. Because when you have experience with him, you know. Anybody here beside me can say, I know that I know. He's good. He's good. Truly good. Truly good. With no component or part of evil. We, we, we kept on that last week. God is light. And as one translation says, there's not even a particle of darkness in him. There is, there, God does not have a bad side. Amen. He does not have a mean side. Amen. He does not have a cruel streak. Amen. These are lies that have been told. Amen. Some of them over pulpits. Come on. Come on. And people that have not known him and misinterpreted scriptures and twisted things around. How many know if the Bible, if the word is the word of God, it all has to agree. Amen. Or else it's not the Word of God. And if you think it doesn't agree, it's not something wrong with the Word. It's something wrong with how you're seeing it. It's just a lack of understanding. A lack of knowledge. Keep going. Come ye children, 
Hearken to me and I'll teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is he that desires life and loves many days that he may what? See good. Now, here he's already telling us now how we can taste of more of the Lord's goodness. How many, he's saying, who wants to experience and enjoy life? Who wants to make it a long time? Not just, you know, just being down here a lot of years is not all there is to it. If you're down here in misery and in pain, it'd be better to get out of here. But if you're experiencing the Lord's goodness day after day, decade after decade, that's another thing. I said, that's another thing. Well, he asked a question. What man is he that desires life and loves many days that he may see good? I do. Somebody missed that. What man? That's male man or female man. Is he that desires life and loves many days? Not just many days hanging around, but that he may see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Somebody say, I do, I do. I do. Well, if you really do, we should pay close attention to the next verses. Because he tells us how to get it. You want to see good? For a lot of days? Keep reading. Then watch your mouth. (laughs) Keep your tongue from evil. Now, the word evil you will find many times as the word used to contrast good, good and evil. We don't use the word evil as much in our modern vernacular. A lot of times we would probably use instead the word bad. The word evil in the King James is oftentimes just describing bad, the opposite of good. If you want to live a lot of long days and a a lot of days, long life, and experience a lot of good, the first thing he says is then get bad out of your mouth. Because you're going to have what's in your mouth. Do you reckon that's true? What we, We get right into the law of sowing and reaping. We get right into the power of the tongue. And the spoken word. Is it true that life and death is in the power of the tongue? Is it true? How did Jesus operate? Did his words matter? Did he he choose his words? Not just for communicating, but for changing things. This is the, the mind renewal we need. People think the mouth and talking is just for getting things off my chest, just expressing how I feel, just making sure everybody knows what I'm, what's on my mind. No, we're created in the image and likeness of God. We're created different from the rest of God's creation. They are not, you know, in the animal kingdom. They are not speaking spirits. Oh, they make crude and rudimentary sounds that lets them know some things, but not like us. We can choose words. Oh, somebody say glory to God. This is a God-like ability. We can choose words, and if we would only realize it, not just express ourselves, but put faith in it and release creative power. Hallelujah. Power that binds Power that loosens, power that stops, power that heals. Did Jesus operate this way? He operated this way. He spoke and people were loosed. He spoke and people were healed. He spoke and the wind and the waves calmed down. Is that right? He spoke and a tree dried up from the roots. And but so many people have said, yeah, but now he's the son of God. I mean, that, he's doing that because he's God. No, he is God, always will be. God manifested in the flesh, but he's not doing that as God. He's doing it as a man, anointed with the Holy Spirit. And if that's not true, how could we believe verses like John 14 where he said, he that believes on me, 
The works I do, he will do also. And greater works than these shall he. How can I believe that if he did it as God? Oh, but if he did it as a man. With no unfair advantage over me. And he'd give us the same spirit. We see the glorious possibility. Hallelujah. Of walking in victory. And ruling and reigning in life. Through the spoken word. Which is why we do so much confessing around here. Say this. Say that. Say this. Why? Because Jesus is the high priest. Of our confession. Of what we say. And the Bible said hold fast. To the confession of your faith. Without wavering. Because faithful is he. Hallelujah. Who promised. The Lord works. With what comes out of our heart and mouth. We, ha- we should know this. This is how you got born again. How you get born again. You believe it in your heart. And what? You have to say it. With your mouth. Not just empty words. But words that are coming out of faith. That's in your, You believe it in your heart. And you say it with your mouth, and a miracle occurred. You were born again. That's a bigger miracle than a healing. You weren't healed spiritually. You were recreated. All things passed away. A healing of your body is just repair work on an existing structure. (laughs) You want to live a long time? See a lot of the goodness of God day after day after day? Tell me what's the number one thing to do. Number one thing. Number one thing. Number one thing. Number one thing. Help your neighbor. Turn around and look at him. Watch. Watch your mouth. Watch. Watch your mouth. Watch what you say. Watch what comes out of you. Let let me mention a a couple of key words that ought to just cause your ears to just come right up when you hear them. I always. Watch what comes next. I always. I never. Watch statements like this. Because you're not just talking about the past. You're prophesying over your future. Well, that never happens for me. If you say so, I always, they always misunderstand what I say. You say that for a few years and every other person you talk to will look at you like something's wrong with you. You have spiritual forces working against you and it's because of your own mouth. Every time I'm around that, you know, every time this time of year. Every time I fly, I get sick. I catch something. Every every time this. How many know nowadays, you better put something else in your mouth. How about like no plague will come nigh my dwelling. It, it, It won't touch me. Did you know that even though deadly germs contacted your skin, the power of God can cause them to die on contact? It's happened many times. If you say, if the scripture says, if you eat any deadly thing, it shall not hurt you. That's not just contacting you. You ate it. It went inside you. And it still didn't hurt you. But fear, fear will draw it to you like a magnet. You know, they did some uh, studies. Uh, this, and this was years ago. Trying to find out the effects their words were of emotions on the immune system. Because researchers are finding more and more there's more to this thing than just physical. Because they, they just see too many variables. So they put this uh, they put this person that was showing symptoms of the flu in this closed up area, and they'd have people that go in there that didn't realize it till they were in there. And this person's coughing and sneezing and all this kind of stuff. But they got them wired up with all these electrodes and monitoring get up. And so they, they, they monitored the response. And the people, some people would come in there, not, not too many, but a few of them would go, ah, that won't, this won't bother me. You know, I'm around things all the time with the kids and whatever, you know, it won't bother me. And their heart rate stayed low. 
and their blood pressure stayed low and they're watching the reaction of their pores and their sweating and, and different things. But people that would just get upset and go, why didn't you tell me? I'm in here with this sick person. Why didn't you tell me? Their heart rate goes up. Their blood pressure. They said their pores literally opened up so that they could draw in the germs quicker and better. (laughs) That's a spiritual law. Your fears will come on you. I mean, being sick and being upset, and that's not seeing good. God would help us to see good every day. Is that right? And if you want to see good, how many say it again? You want to see good day after day for many days. Then what must you and I do? What does it say? What did that verse say? Keep your tongue. Who's going to keep your tongue? Sometimes you hear people say, you know, make me quit saying that. They can't. It's not their tongue. That's what James is talking about. No man can tame the tongue. Doesn't mean the tongue can't be tamed. It means I can't tame your tongue. And you can't tame my tongue. The only person that can get a hold of your tongue is you. Keep your tongue. Who's the understood subject? Understood subject. You keep your tongue from evil or bad and your lips from speaking guile. Now guile has to do with deception and things that you don't really believe. We need to rid our conversation of sarcasm. I said sarcasm. Saying, calling it bad when we mean it's cool. Oh, that's bad. That's sick. Why isn't it popular? In the world to say, that's healthy. (laughs) Healthy. (laughs) Why is it popular to say, that's sick? Or if it's something you like and something good, you go, oh, that's that's a bad car. That's a bad bike. No, it's not a bad bike. It's a good bike. Why isn't it popular to have life in your mouth? And prosperity and healing. Because the God of this world is the devil. And all he wants you to have in your mouth is death and destruction. He wants you to have skulls everywhere. And crossbones. Come on, are you with me? Death. He wants you to talk death when you get up and death when you go to sleep. He wants you to put marks of death all over your body. Because he's the one who had the power of death. But your God is not a God of death. He's the God of life. Life. And we don't want to see bad. We want to see good. If you want to see good, you got to talk good. If you want good in your life, you got to have good in your mouth. And here's the great thing. The spiritual principle is. The spiritual has the power to change the natural. If it's not good in your life, you can get God in your mouth, good, which God is good, in your mouth, even when it's not good in your life, and that has a power to start changing what's in your life. Call those things which be not as though they were. If it's not good, begin to speak good over it. What does the world do? If it's not good, they cuss it. Right? They curse it. Which is exactly the flow of death. If it's not good, you want it to get good. So you curse it. Don't even make sense, does it? If you want it to get better, you're foolish to curse it. That's going to make it worse. But see, people don't believe in the power of their words. They don't believe any of this is real. They don't believe it matters what I say or don't say. And how wrong they are. Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking guile. Keep going. Depart from evil. Again, that's bad. Depart from bad and do what? Good. Good. Seek peace and pursue it. 
I'm not looking for strife. I'm not looking for fights. I'm not looking for arguments. I'm not looking for bad. I'm looking for good. Pursue it. Verse 15. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and his ears are open to their cry. The face of the Lord's against them that do evil to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cry and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. How many like the idea of that? The Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. Now this is not the last time you'll see this verse. You see this in the New Testament. Go with me if you would to 1 Peter. 1 Peter the third chapter. See if this sounds familiar. 1 Peter 3 and 9. He said, well let's read 8, it goes with it. Finally, be all of one mind, having compassion one of another. Love as brethren. Be pitiful. That doesn't mean act pitiful. <laughs> Have pity on other people. Be courteous. I'm going to say be courteous. courteous. Have you noticed that there's a bunch of rudeness around nowadays? Hmm? So if they act rude, you should act rude too. You're supposed to be different. I'm supposed to be different. Even if they act rude, we're supposed to be. (laughs) That was only two people. (laughs) Are we reading the New Testament? We're supposed to be what? Courteous. 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 The problem is, so many people are just living in their own world. I've got things to do. I've got places to be. I hadn't got time to wait on you. Get out of my way. I hadn't got time for this. Quit holding me up. Well, they have a life too. They're going places too. They got a schedule too. They got things to do too. And why is yours so much more important than theirs? Why is yours so much more important than theirs? When we have faith, we have patience. When we have love, we're courteous. We're in faith. Maybe they don't know the Lord. Maybe they got no faith at all. And they got no patience at all. And they're quick to cuss and, and do all this stuff. But they need to see something vastly different in us. Even if they're rude they need to see us smile and say, go ahead. Go ahead. Have a good day. Not snidely, but you mean it. What about me? You're in faith that everything's going to work out good for you. No matter what. If you need to make up some time somewhere, the Lord's going to help you. Is that right? But, but acting a heathen and messing up your witness here is not going to help anybody. Be courteous. Keep reading. Not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing, but contrarywise blessing. Here's the thing. What is evil? What's another word for evil? Bad. What do we want instead of bad? Good. If you want good, you can't sow bad. <laughs> if you want blessing, you can't sow judgment and cursing. You got a soul. And, and, and your words, when you speak in faith, are seeds that you're sowing. And your actions and your reactions are sowing. I mean, if nothing else, you could just do it for, you could treat people nice for your own benefit. Because you don't want to reap all that rudeness and judging down the line somewhere. You want to have a lot of days. Fill with the goodness of the Lord. Well, you got to sow goodness. You, you don't render evil for evil. They're mean to you, but you are nice to them. They treat you bad, but you treat them good. Now, like I said, you say, well, that goes against my nature. You're talking about the outer nature. You've been born again, and the love of God is inside you. And if you yield to it, that's what he's trying to get you to do all the time anyway. And it's not just for their sake. It's for your sake. Not rendering evil for evil. Or railing for railing. Anybody know what a railing is? Railing on somebody? Yelling, screaming, 
hollering, coming down on them. Don't do it. Just don't do it. Just don't do it. Why? Because everything operates by the principle of sowing and reaping. You do that all the time, you're going to get it. It's going to come back to you. Blessing. Knowing that you're called that you should inherit a blessing. You sow blessing, you reap blessing. What if you'd like to have some more compliments? (laughs) Sow them. And if you'd like for them to mean them, then you need to mean them. (laughs) Right? Whatever you'd like to get. Think about yourself being on the receiving end of it. (laughs) Keep going. Verse 10. For he that will love life and see good days. Does that sound familiar? This is New Testament, 1 Peter. Let him do what? Refrain his tongue from evil or bad, and his lips that they speak. No guile. Let him, verse 11, let him eschew evil. Now you see one reason why we're talking about these things. That's King James, and a lot of folks hear that, and it doesn't really mean anything to them in their life. Eschew means to to shun. Evil is what? Bad. Shun the bad. And do the good. Why? Because you just got through saying you want to live a long time and see a lot of good things. Then you got to stay away from doing the bad stuff and talking the bad stuff. Let him seek peace and ensue it. For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous. His ears are open to their prayers. But the face of the Lord's against them that do evil. And who is he that will harm you. If you be followers of that which is good. 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 Now I need to take you. uh, Maybe speed up just a little bit. And give you a few verses. Can you take them? Are you ready? Brace yourself. Fasten your seatbelt. Something we need. To get established in us. We'll be going over these things uh, again. But uh, you don't have to turn to them. But just listen to these. Romans 15, 13. Romans 15, 13 says, Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. And I myself am also am persuaded of you, my brethren, that you also are full of goodness. Filled with all knowledge, able also to admonish one another. Full of goodness, able to admonish one another. What does me being full of goodness have to do with you? It gives you the ability to admonish one another. Now again, we don't use that word admonish so much. But we're going to see later on it's a good thing. What's this thing about this goodness in me? The goodness that's in you is not supposed to just stay in you. It's supposed to come through you and benefit others. The, uh, the scripture says in Luke 6, 43, a good tree brings not forth corrupt fruit, neither does a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree is known by his own fruit. Verse 45, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth that which is good. Do you notice how much good is in here? And I think sometimes we've read it maybe different than we should have read it. A a good man out of the treasure of good that's in his heart will bring forth good out of that treasure of good. But an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth that's evil. For out of the abundance of his heart, his mouth speaks. He's back to your mouth again, isn't he? Are you full of goodness? A lot of folks wouldn't agree with that. But if you're a Bible believer, you believe what the Bible says about you, no matter how it looks or feels. Are you full of goodness? If those saints that were born again there in Romans, if they were full of goodness, why wouldn't you be full of goodness? Are we born again by the same Spirit? 
By the same blood? Yes. Yes. Now go to Philemon, please. Philemon 5. 6 is the verse. But let's back up to verse 5. Philemon 5. He said, hearing of your love and faith, which you have toward the Lord Jesus and toward all saints, that the communication of your faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of what? Every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. What's in you? What are you full of? (laughs) Are you born again? Is God in you? Is the Spirit of God in you? Is he good? Then good is in you. Somebody say good is in me. In fact, according to the scripture, you're full of goodness. (laughs) You're full of good things. But where much of the church has missed it is in not acknowledging the good that is in us. But instead focusing on the bad that's around us. Focusing on the bad that's on the outside. Talking about the lack and the need and the shortcomings and the failures. And if you talk that, you're only aware of that. And if you talk that and you sow it into your future, I never get that. That never happens for me. I always get passed over. That always makes me sick. The kids always uh, miss several days of school during the flu season. Uh, every time you just watch it, I'll be one of the ones that gets laid off. You just watch. I always, I never. Is that acknowledging every good thing that's in you? That's acknowledging every bad thing you're thinking of. And people don't realize it, but there's power in your words when you believe them. And that's working against you. And then people act like they did something when it comes to pass. See, I told you, I told you. But what they don't realize, you helped bring it to pass. You believed it. You said it. You decreed it over your life. We don't need to be talking the bad stuff on the outside. We need to acknowledge every, come on somebody, every good thing which is in us in Christ Jesus. Paul said this in Romans. We'll get into this perhaps later. He said, I know that in my flesh dwells no good thing. But how many know we're not just flesh beings. We're recreated human spirit beings. And the Holy Spirit's in us. And we don't, we're not, don't have to be limited just to the flesh. No, I can't conjure up the goodness out of my flesh. But thank God I'm not alone. He's in me. He's with me. How many would acknowledge he's in me? He's in me. He's in me. Is he good? Yes, he's good. Well, then what's in you? Good is in you. Good is in you. Let's quit talking about the flesh. We all got flesh. We all know that's nothing special. Let's talk about what is special. What is good. The communication of your faith. Another word for communication is fellowship. The fellowship of your faith. Which is what they're, they're doing in the Faith for Life classes. And that that may become what? Effectual. That another word would be operative or powerful. How does it become operative and powerful? By the what? How do you acknowledge something? With your mouth. By the acknowledging, the confessing, the declaring of what? Of what? Every, come on somebody say, every good thing which is in me, in Christ Jesus. Come on, pray it out loud, say it out loud. Lord, help me me to think more. And confess fully. And and acknowledge fully. fully Every good thing. thing 
which is in me, in Christ Jesus. Man, you start talking that, then you will be confessing good all the time. Is that going to affect your life? It can affect you so that you live day after day, decade after decade, and experience the goodness of the Lord right here in the land of the living. But if you talk about how broke you are and how sick you are and how bad you they mistreated you and my kids won't ever come see me and my grandkids never, they don't care if I live or die or this or that. Come on. See, you're walling yourself up. And of course, who wants to spend time with a bitter, grouchy push? <laughs> Nobody. That the one time they do come to see you, the next two hours, you rail on them about not coming to see you. What do you think they're thinking about? As soon as they can get out of here. Is that, is that right? It's going to be even longer till you see them again. Come on. <laughs> You've got to get it out of your mind that they owe you something. That's right. Amen. That's right. When I did this, I changed their diapers. Listen, did you give it to them or are you wanting payment for it? Come on. Come on. If you gave it to them as a free gift because you love them, then they owe you nothing. Not even a thank you. Come on, are y'all listening to me or not? If you don't get delivered from this ugly you owe me stuff, you will have less and less friends around you. Nobody wants to hear that. Nobody wants to be around that. You need to talk good. You need to talk good. I'm a blessing to be around. People like to come see me. My kids love me. My friends love me. Why? Because I'm fun to be around. I'm a blessing to be around. I'm full of good things. I'm full of good things. That's not quite strong enough. Come on, somebody said, I'm full of good things. I'm full. I'm full of good things. Now keep reading. He said, well, let's read this again. Go to the next verse. That the communication, the fellowship of your faith may become operative and powerful by the confessing and acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. And watch what happens. Verse 7. For we have great joy and consolation in your love because the bowels, that's the old King James word for insides, or some, some translations say heart, of the saints are what? Refreshed, Refreshed by what? By you. What if every time somebody came to see you, they left refreshed? Oh, they left refreshed. They couldn't wait then to come back and see you again. Is that right? To get another refreshing. Hallelujah. That's what you ought to get when you come to church. That's what you ought to get when you fellowship with other believers. Right? But you won't get that if people are harping on every bad thing. That's in the flesh and in the natural. You only get that when people are confessing and acknowledging and speaking out of the good things that are in us in Christ Jesus. Somebody say refreshed. 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 You know why it's so refreshing? Hmm? Do you want to know? You go to Ephesians, the fourth chapter, and I'll get there with you in a minute. But put up on the screen John 4.13. Somebody say refreshed. 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 What was refreshing them? It was the goodness of the Lord that was coming out of you. In that case, coming out of them. Jesus answered and said to the woman at the well, Whoever drinks this water shall thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him. Come on, say in him. In him. In him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. 
Would that refresh somebody? Living water. Where is it? I said, where is this living water? (laughs) Does it all have to stay inside you? Or can it come up out of you? Huh? Where does it come out? Where does it come out? (laughs) It comes out of your mouth. I said, it comes out of your mouth. Hallelujah. In the seventh chapter, you just stay there in Ephesians. But in the seventh chapter of John and the uh, 37th verse, in the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and he cried and he said, if any man thirst, let him come to me and drink. Come on, how many believe if you'd have been sitting there that day hearing Jesus teach and preach, do you reckon you would have left worn out? Huh? Feeling lower than when you came. Feeling worse. Crusty and fatigued. Or do you think after listening to the master preach. If it was half a day. You would leave feeling. Invigorated. Quickened. Enlightened. Strengthened. Refreshed. Refreshed. Why? Because you are drinking living waters. Everything that's coming out of him, you are drinking in living waters, and it refreshes you. Man, this old world will dry you out. If that's all you do is exposure to this old world, all the world, ungodly world is doing is trying to draw it out of you, pull it out of you, get something from you. Have you found that out? Here, there, everywhere. Oh, gimme, gimme, gimme. Something to get from you. Oh, but God and people of God that are yielding to him will not try to take from you. They will put into you. They will flow into you. And instead of drying you out, it will build you up. And it will refresh you. He said, verse 38... He that believes on me. I want to see who does that in here. He that believes on me. Better wake up back there and raise your hand. He he that believes on me. Somebody say, I do, I do, I do. As the scripture has said, what's going to happen? Out of his belly shall flow rivers, or other translations say streams of living water. Do you believe on him? Have you been born again? Is he in you? Life itself is in you. But notice this. He said a well of living water springing up in him. That sounds like more for your benefit. But how about this? This This is something that's flowing like strong streams or rivers. It's not just flowing in you. It's coming out of you. Oh, somebody say, coming out of me, coming out of me. For who? For the benefit of everybody that's around you, that they may be refreshed. I said that they may be refreshed. Proverbs talks about that good words and right words are like apples of gold in pitchers of silver. The right thing at the right time. You know, there is that wrong words that pierces like a a spear or a sword. But the tongue of the wise is healing. Words can hurt. Words can heal. Words can discourage. Words can encourage. Is that right? Words can weaken. Words can make strong. Hallelujah. (laughs) Words can make weary. You ever heard something until you were tired of hearing it? Yes. You're like, please don't say it again. If words can make you weary, words can refresh. There are words that are just like taking a cool, cold drink of water when you're thirsty. You hear them and they go right into your ear and right into your mind and right into your soul and spirit and you go, ah, I'll take another drink of that. Hallelujah. It's just that real and more real. 
Now in Ephesians, in closing, I think. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Ephesians 6. Now when he says belly, he's not talking about your stomach. He's not talking about your upper or lower intestines. He's talking about your, the core of your being. The core. When we talk about heart so many times, for what the heart man believes, you don't believe God with your physical blood pump anymore you can believe God with a kidney. That's, a, that's an organ. But, you know, anybody know what the heart of a watermelon is? That's the part I eat first. The heart of a pine tree, the heart of an oak. What is that? That's the core. That's the center part. Well, out of your core, spiritually, out of your, the middle part of your being, that's where God is. That's where good is. Hallelujah. And that good is not supposed to just be there and benefit you. It is also to flow out of you. That goodness is to flow out of your mouth. But it's not all up to God. It's a choice. How much we yield to in Ephesians, you see a, a, a revelation and light concerning this. In Ephesians, Ephesians 4, said verse 27, neither give place to the devil. What comes out of the devil? There, there is no good that's going to come out of the devil. If you're yielding to him, letting him speak through you, there's going to be bad coming out of you. Don't give any place to him. Don't let him use you. I said, don't let the devil use you. Did you know if nobody on the planet would yield their mind or their mouth or their hands to the devil, it would be like there was no devil. He'd be like behind a plate glass that he could not express himself in this realm. The only way the devil can say anything or do anything in this realm of human beings is through human beings that will yield their mind and words and life to him. And he's not my Lord. He's nothing to me. I'm nothing to him. So he should have no part of me. If he wants to say something, he shouldn't be able to say it through me. No matter how many times he might bring it to my mind or try to influence me, I'm not going to voice his words, his ideas. Don't voice the bad. Verse 28, let him that stole quit stealing, but rather let him work. Now, that's a novel idea for a lot of folks. (laughs) Working with his hands. Somebody say work, work, work. Work's a good thing. The thing which is, thing which is what? Good that he may have to give to him that needs. That's good. Giving is good. Verse 29. Let no corrupt communication. Think about our verse we just read in Philemon 6. That the communication or the fellowship of your faith may become effectual, powerful by the acknowledging of every good thing that's in you in Christ Jesus. This one says don't let Corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. That means you can prevent it. That's right. But if, if he warns us, don't let it come out of your mouth, he wouldn't warn us if it wasn't an issue. That means if you don't watch it, you will be expressing things you shouldn't be. And, and the enemy can actually wind up talking through you. Because you yielded to it. He brought it to your mind. He brought you the feelings. And you gushed it out. But don't let that happen. Don't let any, any corrupt communication. Would that be bad communication? Corrupt is bad. Proceed out of your mouth. But that which is good to the use of edifying. That means building up. That it may minister grace to the hearers. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We need to change our mindset. When we're around folks and people are talking and we're talking, we don't just need 
to say whatever crosses our mind. We don't, we shouldn't just say everything we feel. We should be thinking, how will this affect them? And learn to speak on purpose. Checking our heart. What will encourage them? What will build them up? What will refresh them? And I assure you, you start thinking like that, you start looking for it, the Spirit of God will quicken it to you. He'll give you what to say. It'll just come up in you, in that living fountain, those living streams. It'll just come up in you. It'll come up. It'll flow up from your heart to your head. Hallelujah. And you'll know what to say, and you'll say it, and they'll look at you and go, ah, that's right. That's right. Glory to God. And you'll just see them begin to brighten up. You'll see them begin to be refreshed and renewed. And that came through you. But if you just say whatever you feel and all you want to do is the only thing you want to let them know is how bad of a day you're having. How mean somebody was to you. Are they going to leave refreshed after hearing all of that? They're not. Nor are you. Think about being a vessel to refresh others. That same refreshing water of life that's flowing to them is flowing through you. You get refreshed too. And when you see their reaction and response and they're helped, oh, it blesses you. Keep reading. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you're sealed unto the day of redemption. Keep reading. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking, bad talking, be what? Put away from you with all malice. Verse 32, and be ye kind one to another. You know that word kind there is the same word translated good. Be good (laughs) one to another. Tender hearted. Forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. God's been good to you? Then you ought to be good to somebody else, don't you think? God said some good things to you that just picked you up, turned you around, helped you. Then be a mouthpiece for him. Be a vessel. See, everywhere you go, instead of the devil having a mouthpiece, and a way to express, God could have a mouthpiece and a way to express. Hallelujah. People you work with, people you live with, shop with, you live next to, God could give you a word in season. Is that right? Not something you thought up. You just open up, you just look at them and you care about them and you say, Lord, what would help them today? What would bless them? And just opening up just that much all at once. You didn't think of it. It just comes up in you. Hallelujah. An account or a testimony or a truth. You don't have to get uh, theological about it. Just, Just what comes up in your heart. And as you share it, you'll see them just begin like a flower. Just begin to open up. Hallelujah. And begin to find some hope. And find some strength that they can't find in this dark world. But your good God is blessing them through the goodness he put in you. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. Stand on your feet, everybody. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.